The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast, brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis here to talk all things Dallas Cowboys after they just got done molly whopping the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football. What an impressive showing. Before we get into it, Aiden, how are you? I'm doing well, considering the fact that 33-13 to 13 is actually underrepresented of how the Cowboys played today. So I'm looking forward to talking about this one, man. You know what? Let's just dive right into it, right? The initial thoughts, Cowboys put a whooping on the Philadelphia Eagles. If there was any questions about the legitimacy of this team, it's gone, right? You can't even speak about it. Now we understand the 49ers are a beast. They're a team that is going to have to be slayed at some point, but there is zero question of Mark about this team's legitimacy. And if they can play with the big dogs, they proved it tonight in super impressive fashion. Yeah, and the cool part was is that we talked about this last week on the pod. When the Cowboys played the Eagles first, it felt like everything was bouncing the Eagles' way. Well, tonight that didn't happen for the Eagles, and you can, like, I don't think there's a question. I think the Dallas Cowboys are better than the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think the only evidence you need is the fact that when the Cowboys play in Philly, it's a very, very close game, inches away. The luck needs a bounce for Philly for them to win. When they play in Dallas, we win by 20 points, and it's not even that it doesn't even look that close. I don't think there's a debate about who the better team is in the NFC East. We might not win the title, but don't get it twisted. We are the better team. I feel the same way. And you know what? I was talking to my wife about it and you know, she knows how big it is to play the Eagles. And obviously we understand the magnitude of this game and this rivalry, but I said, ultimately it may not mean everything in the standings, right? If you look at the Eagles upcoming schedule, They have a much easier road, and we could end up as the five seed when it's all said and done anyway. But this game was for the mental. This game was for for them to know. I mean, they knew it, but they had to prove it, that they belonged in the same conversation as these teams. The Eagles have been skirting by just barely beating teams and and doing it in less than impressive fashion and getting by by, you know, hanging on late and making a play. Kudos to them to get to that point. But they met a Cowboys team that was firing on all cylinders, Defense was a turnover machine. Offense is super efficient as they have been. And, you know, from that loss against Philadelphia in Philadelphia, this looks like an entirely different team. And wherever this season's trajectory is, I think you can look at that Philadelphia loss as the jump off point for this Cowboys team. 
No, I think it's huge. I think it's either that Philly, like the the Cowboys. I think of the Niners' loss is more like the. I was actually thinking about this during the game. I think yeah. the Niners' loss was really like the jump start because I the offense still looked good in Philly. But you're totally right. This team is they're getting hot at the right time. We do have a three game stretch coming up that we are going to learn a lot about this team. But you just came off a win against the Seahawks. You came a came. You're coming off of an absolute. Dem- demolition of your division rival this Cowboys team is rolling and it's a perfect time for them to stay hot if they can do so over the next three games absolutely let's dive into some of these numbers because they are pretty eye-popping and super impressive you look at the Eagles which has a a plethora of offensive weapons DeAndre Swift you know um, AJ Brown and you know all these guys who can make plays Devonta Smith and they were unable to muster a single touchdown all night with the only actual touchdown coming as a defensive struggle there. Uh, the Cowboys on offense put together 33 points. Brandon Aubrey is unbelievable. Couple that with the fact that Dak Prescott is got to be the MVP front runner. I saw your tweet. I know that people need to look at the numbers. And when we wake up Monday morning, he's got to be the front and page center guy. Like he has to be at this point. It'd be it'd be foolish not to put him there. Assuming that this is still a quarterback's race, it's a two horse race. It's Dak or Purdy. I I I could still see Purdy eking his way into it, but like after tonight, Jalen Hurts is completely he completely slid his way out of the MVP conversation. And Cowboys fans, that should be glory. That should be music to your ears. The fact that Jalen Hurts going up against this defense was enough to just completely invalidate his MVP candidacy. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at this, Dak Prescott, 24 for 39, 271 passing yards, two touchdowns with a rating of a 99.4. Tony Pollard, not the best night, but, you know, ground, you know, grounded it out, uh, efficient when he needed to be, 16 carries, 59 rushing yards. Um and then you look at the passing attack here. Jake Ferguson, five receptions, 72 yards. CeeDee Lamb, six for 71. Gallup, three for 48. There's just like a good mix there, right? Nothing was over the top. Like they didn't need to lean on one guy. Everybody was making plays. Rico Dotto was getting in the mix. And it's good to see him come back after he got a little shaken up there. Um, this was, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, like they scored 33 points. The game never really felt like it was out of, like out of doubt, but it wasn't like, clicking a hundred percent like we're used to seeing like that is such an exciting statement to say i'm so glad you brought it up because i really don't want this to be a negative episode i was a little bit worried in the third quarter and part of the fourth quarter with mccarthy going back to old ways because what you saw at the beginning of like when the cowboys came out of halftime deck finally got on the field after the first eagle drive is he just seemed a little bit shaky at first, and it seemed like it completely caused Mike McCarthy to be like back to like the first down run, maybe a first down pass. If that's not successful, though, you're going right back to the run. And it was just like a weird, it wasn't Mike McCarthy's best called game, which once again, you mentioned it's impressive considering Mike McCarthy's not Mike McCarthy's best is still good enough for 33 points. But there were just some aspects where it, it almost felt like we are playing not to lose and it worked. So I'm, I'm not going to complain that much, but the second half, you're right. It was a little shaky and worth monitoring for sure. For sure. And you know what? Um, let's kind of jump right into our second segment. We hadn't prepped this at all. Um, this is something that we're recording mere minutes after the game. We do that. So this is, you know, and, and Eastern standard time, this is 1145 for you. It's 1045. But let me just ask you for our next topic here. What was the most impressive? All three phases really showed out. Offense did the thing. 
special teams. Obviously, Brendan Aubrey's a stud and defense with the three turnovers. Like all three phases played a massive factor in this game and this outcome. To you, Aiden, what was the most impressive factor of three? Ooh, I mean, it sounds like a cheap answer, but like the defense at times, it looked a little leaky. Like kudos to the three fumbles. And by the way, I know if Philly fans, when they defend this loss tomorrow, they're going to say, well, we fumbled it three times. That's not going to happen when we square off again. Guess what? The Cowboys also forced three fumbles the first time the Cowboys and Eagles played. The only difference was they didn't recover any of those. Dan Quinn, when he plays the Eagles, he it's it's not the no go ball hawk it in the air. It's we're punching this ball out because that's the Eagles game plan. They like to keep it close to the line of scrimmage, get the ball into their playmakers hands and let them make plays. Dan Quinn's and I, and it was the same when the Cowboys and Eagles first squared off. His game plan is clearly let them get the ball and then go and punch it out to the best of your ability. And it continues to work for the Cowboys. So defense, great job doing that offense. We just went over, but, Special teams was perfect tonight. I mean, Brandon Aubrey, my goodness, that guy doesn't miss. I At this point, I want to see him attempt a 70-yarder just to see <laughs> how long his range is. Like, it's insane. And the fact that, yeah, the offense was stalling out at times, but it doesn't matter because Brandon Aubrey can kick a 49-yarder, a 60-yarder, and what was the last one? 52? That's absurd. No, it is. It's insane, right? Like, there really is... Like, it's something that we are slowly starting to take for granted, right? This guy to be able to step up stale stone face and just go drill a 60 yarder and then go drill a 59 yarder. And then, like you said, add a sprinkle in another 51, 52 yard field goal. Like the guy is automatic. And that is one of those things in this league that is so super valuable to have a kicker, you know, you can trust. And, and it's not even like he's squeaking these things in there. Like there are no doubters what Brandon Aubrey stepping up is, is, his rhythm, his timing, his confidence, it's its there with the best. I mean, he's a, without a doubt on all-pro kicker. He'll be a Pro Bowl kicker. And somehow the Cowboys tripped, fell, stumbled into a 28-year-old <laughs> rookie kicker that may be well on his way to being the league's best kicker, which is insane to say. What's So that begs the question, what's the deal with PATs? Because outside of those, like, if he hadn't missed those three PATs, like, we'd be talking about this is like possibly the best kicker season of all time yeah why what's up with those three brandon dude yeah, gimmies. Right. <laughs> not trying to get too deep into it i wonder if like the pressure just isn't there so the focus yeah, isn't know. you know what it means like all right i'm gonna drill this 60 yard it's gonna be good by seven yards but this pat i'm gonna end up blocking it and pushing it right mm -hmm. or something ah, it's it's super funny but you know kind of give my answer on this topic here you you talked about the special teams and you talked a little bit about the defense but that's where i want to stay with my focus here the defense stopped jalen hurts deandre swift you know, Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown frustrated them, not just stopped them, but frustrated them. They gave up no touchdowns, literally just two field goals and a, and a defensive score like that is super impressive. Like Stefan Gilmore had his best game as a cowboy. Jerron Bland's name wasn't even mentioned a single time, really. You know, it was if it wasn't a safety, it was, you know, Marquise Bell punching a ball out. Uh, you know, defensive line flying around Micah Parsons with his type of flu game. Everybody just on the, that's the thing about it, right? We're so used to like flashy things and Jerron Bland with a pick six or, um, you know, Micah Parsons doing the crawl after his third sack or something. But this team just stepped out every single drive and just found a way 
to be the better unit on that field. And I got nothing but positive things to say about that group tonight. And I, another praise about Dan Quinn. He was bringing the house tonight on Jalen Hurts. He he made a statement. He said, okay, Jalen, if you're going to beat us, you are going to beat us airing the ball out. My good, the amount of times on like it was, and it didn't always work, it never will, but like third and short. And I see Dan Quinn bringing J Ron Curse on the blitz. It's like, no, Dan Quinn had stones tonight. He was going after Jalen Hurts. And the result was, I mean, it, it happened like halfway through the third quarter. You could just see like Jalen Hurts, it wasn't giving up, but it was just like, I, I have to get this ball in two seconds and I'm going to have to throw it short of the line of, or throw it short of the first down, even though I know it's not going to work because that's my only option considering I have one second back here in the pocket. Dan Quinn, excellent game plan tonight, and it worked to perfection. Without a doubt, and it's such a crazy thing, and this is what makes the NFL so fascinating, is this team will go and have to go shot for shot with the Seattle Seahawks the week prior and then go out and 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 clutch up against Jalen Hurts. Like, it's so crazy to look at, but styles make fights. Familiarity helps you, you know, scheme up. Like, this is an Eagles team that we're very comfortable against. I know there are... 28 29 teams that would face the Eagles and be intimidated by that right like they're a good football team with a lot of good pieces the Cowboys are just not one of those teams that are afraid to play the Eagles no and it's Cowboys like the path of us winning the NFC East I I think it not to look too far ahead but it essentially comes down to next week in terms of if the Cowboys want any shot the Eagles have I think it's two games against the Commanders a game mm-hmm. against the Cardinals which despite the fact that or not two games against the Giants, one game against the Cardinals. Those should all be Eagles wins if we're being real, but they play the Seahawks next week. And what we saw between the Seahawks game against the 49ers this week and the Eagles game against the 49ers last week paired with the Seahawks game against the Cowboys last week and the Seahawks game against the 49ers this week, there's a chance that the Seahawks are a better team than the Eagles and they could give them a run for their money next week. That has to happen if the Cowboys want this NFC's title. Add to the fact that they're fighting for their lives, right? Exactly. They're coming up two straight games. And, I, and I've and i said it before. I've said it on the show a lot. Like, I'm a big proponent of, like, emotion. Like, emotion plays into game plan. It plays into how these games work out. The Seahawks, I'm not saying it'll be enough, but you know they're going to give their absolute best. You know, Smith didn't play this week. They got to think that they got to find a way to get him on the field next week against the Eagles. They have a chance to really really hurt the Eagles. Now, ultimately, like we said, their schedule is so easy and they're talented enough that they can roll through the next month. But three straight games with a loss for the Eagles, there might be some not-so-quiet whispers going on in that locker room. You see the way A.J. Brown reacts. You see some of the ways, you know, Jalen Hurts acts like this stoic figure and not to, you know, disrespect, to be disrespectful. I think it's part of, like, a an act, low-key. Like, his whole stoicness is, like, Oh, I came, I came in the NFL. I'm going to be this presence. And I think he just sticks to the script. I, I digress. But either way, like that team is going to, you know, Nick Sirianni is the type of whiny guy that this could start to unravel a little bit. They lose a third straight game. Despite them possibly still ending up with the one or the two seed, things could get really messy in Philadelphia. Especially because at that point, if the Cowboys take care of business next week, the Eagles no longer control their destiny if that happens. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So with that being the second segment there, let's kind of move on to our third segment here. And again, we didn't prep anything. I'm just firing off questions. So this is really raw, organic conversation here, which I do love. But I'm going to just say it how I wrote it here. After this game, right, everything we've seen over the last month, they beat the Seahawks, beat the Eagles, they beat up on all the bad teams they were supposed to. 
We head into uh, a matchup with the Buffalo Bills. Is there anything you need to see by the or from this team to make you an absolute believer that this could be the year? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I, and this is going to come across as negative again, but I, and I'm not panicking, but I do need to, I do still need to see this defense just look completely elite against Josh Allen. Now you can go two weeks, two weeks ago, we talked about it. It wasn't the defense's finest performance about the commanders. It obviously wasn't the defense's finest performance against the Seahawks. And tonight, yes, they only allowed 13 points. However, you did have three fumble recoveries in your own territory. I don't think that's an accident. Like I already mentioned, Dan Quinn, clearly his MO this week was punch the ball out because these receivers are trying to make yards after the catch. But still, like you were allowed, like the Eagles were able to move the ball. It wasn't completely one-sided in terms of they were just punting all day, and that's the reason that they got held to 13 points. I would like to see just a solid defensive performance where Josh, Josh Allen's able to get nothing and it's not a result of turnovers or anything. It's more just a result of our defense is better. We know we're better than Josh Allen, who's been struggling at times this year. That's what I'd like to see against the Bills. And to that case, like extended across the other two games we have against good teams as well. Everything you say makes complete sense to me. So like it's not far fetched. What I'm going to say, though, is I don't need to see any more personally. Right. I think. Everything I thought I knew about this team or wanted to see about this team, they've checked those boxes. Now, ultimately, that doesn't mean it's going to pan out in the biggest moment. It doesn't mean that they're going to be able to you know, translate this to NFC Championship game or even a Super Bowl. But I've seen and now I know for a fact, without a doubt, this team can hang with the quote unquote big teams in this league. Right. They can beat the Eagles by 20. They can go ahead and beat a winning team in Seattle, a team fighting for their life with their back against the wall. Now, obviously, the 49ers pose a problem, but realistically, there shouldn't be a team in this league that the Cowboys go against that you can't sit here and say, we should win this football game. We can win this football game. I So going back, so my answer was the defense. That's, the, that's like the one area that I'm a little bit iffy about. Not that they're bad. I, once again, I'm not hitting the panic alarm. I'm just, I'm just saying I don't think they've been as good as we have seen them play in past weeks. So my question for you is, they allowed 42 points to the Niners the first time they squared off. Have you seen enough since that game to give you encouragement that it would be better this time? Like if we were to square off again, say we yeah. were to 
face the Niners again next week. Would you be more confident in our defense than the first time we played? You know, I have an immense respect for the 49ers, right? So I definitely would have more confidence because our offense is night and day different from that game. Like you talk about that as the jump off point, right? You get steamrolled by the 49ers, go into the bye week. Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, get back to the drawing board. Offense looks completely different. They look like the best unit MVP type stuff, right? So I always thought that 42 to 10 thing was a an outlier anyway. It's just a, a bad snowball that kept on rolling. So I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, we're going to go in. We're going to punch the 49ers in the mouth and we're, you know, we're a better team. I'm going to talk crazy like that. What I'm going to say is I think we can hang in a dogfight and find a way to win at the end. And I feel that because of the way they've played against Philadelphia and the way they've played over the last month plus, there isn't a team in this league that I could sit here and say, I'm afraid to play. Now, it doesn't mean that they can't go and lose to Buffalo next week in Buffalo, right? They're fighting for their lives. Josh Allen's a damn good quarterback who can make plays. Even if they lose next week, I'm still going to feel supremely confident that this team can get it done and, and just understand that someday isn't always your day, if that answers my question or answers your question. No, I think it's completely fair. And I don't think, like, it's, it's not like next you need to keep having a litmus test for this team. Like if the Cowboys drop one of the Buffalo Bills next week, that's reason. How often do you see a team beat like three winning teams in a row? It's just like yeah. the NFL's. There's so little variance between teams that yeah, you're not going to win them all. I don't expect the Cowboys to win the next three games against teams above 500. That's not saying I don't think the Cowboys are one of the best teams of football. It's just you don't win every game. You hit the nail on the head with it for me. You're like not every week has to be a litmus test, and I totally agree. But it's just that's what it is with the Cowboys, right? Like it's it's the outside noise. It's everybody who says, well, if until you do this, it doesn't count until you do that. It doesn't count like the Cowboys aren't real until they do that. And it's like every week doesn't have to be that. I wonder, you know, you you follow along just like I do. I wonder what the conversation is going to be this week, right? Like, is it now that the dam is broke, like Dak Prescott, MVP, best quarterback in the league? The Cowboys are the real deal. They can beat anybody. Or is it? Well, you got to do it against a desperate Buffalo team on the road. Like, what what is that conversation going to be? Because I'll tell you right now, no matter what, I think it's going to be rubbish. Yeah, I don't. I think if I had to guess, and I don't know, it's a fickle thing trying to guess what social media is going to be like after Cowboys win like this. But I do think the litmus test, the quote unquote litmus test, is over. Like the Cowboys just first they beat the Seahawks, they proved they could beat a team over five hundred. Well, the Seahawks are reeling a little bit. The that wasn't a super impressive win. You barely eked it out. Okay, then we'll go and embarrass the Philadelphia Eagles at home. You can't really say much after this unless the Cowboys were to like then go on a three game skid against teams above five hundred. I, I just I don't see that happening. Who knows? But like for now, I don't think the Buffalo Bills game means anything in terms of a litmus test. Yeah, I at least I hope. The only dragon that's left to be slayed that people are going to use against the Cowboys is, well, you haven't done it against the 49ers, right? You're 0-3 in the last three games against them. You can't beat the 49ers. If you face the 49ers, you're going to lose. And until we play them and beat them, that's the only thing I can think somebody who is a, a detractor is going to be able to say. You, I, I the, the detractors could bring up the fact that they haven't beat a good team on the road, which is very, very yeah. nitpicky and cherry-picky. But, sure. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I expect well, to see it at some point. <laughs> Right. And and you know what? And it stinks though, because unless something crazy happens at the if you're a five seed, you're not even gonna get a home game. But yeah. I don't think but this defense travels, this offense travels. Um, the only thing that makes me a little nervous is like cold weather games or outdoor games. Like if you like you said, if you want to be nitpicky, but you put this team on a turf field indoor 
or a warm climate situation, I think they can hang with anybody. You know what I mean? They could, I mean, they can hang with anybody anyway, but still, you know, I digress with that. But um, so, you know, kind of wrap this segment up here a little bit. I'm there with you. As far as litmus tests, as far as do I need to see any more, I've seen it all. Now the next thing is, you know, stay healthy, continue to, you know, find a way to win games, try to stay in this. I'm, I sound so like dumb saying this, but I'm not even really concerned about the one seed versus five seed. I just wanted to see a team that was a quality football team go out there and put good tape out. And they've done that. They've continued to do that. I mean, you've heard me over the last couple of weeks. I'm, is I haven't given up complete hope after tonight, but like the five, the one seeds still like we still need a lot to bounce our way for us to win the division. And I don't necessarily see that happening for us, which is okay. You're completely right tonight. I just wanted to see how do the Cowboys look against a team that they could easily see in January. And they answered the call. I'm very confident in this team. I think this team continues to get better. Dak Prescott, not his finest performance, but he continues to roll this it's looking great for the Cowboys. Absolutely. And with that, with it looking good, let's kind of take for our last segment, uh, a kind of big picture view of view of the next month, right? Let's run through the schedule. <clears throat> give me your initial thoughts and maybe a, a record prediction over the next month. So the Cowboys next up will be at Buffalo playing the bills. Then they'll also be at home. I mean, excuse me at Miami on Christmas Eve to play the dolphins, then come back at home to play the Detroit Lions in the Jimmy Johnson game, which will be a good emotional game for that. And then it wrap up at the Washington Commanders. So three really tough games before it gets, you know, hopefully Washington's ready and, and booking their vacations at that point in time. But uh, with the next month, give me your initial thoughts on what you feel like in the last month and what you think the record might be. Yeah, so looking at, like, the there's the big three games. It's the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions, and then, yeah, you finish off with the Commanders. That game might be completely meaningless by that point. So just focusing on those big three games against difficult opponents, they all have, they are, they're all very similar in the fact that all of them have decent run defenses. All of them can easily be beat through the air, and all three of those have amazing offenses. So what it's telling, our defense is really going to be tested over the next three games. Dak Prescott should be able to cook. We might be in for some high scoring affairs. And it's, I mean, it's, you're looking, you're staring down the barrel of, three teams that are likely going to be in the playoffs bills a little bit iffy. So at this point, like, yes, it would be great if the Cowboys won the NFC East. I just want to see how we stack up on this three game stretch. Like you're looking at an amazing test heading into the playoffs. Granted, I do. I would have preferred us to be playing cakewalks the rest of the season, <laughs> but let's just use this as a, let's see how we do against teams with bad defenses, but great offenses. That's pretty much what we're looking staring on the barrel of. Yeah, and real quick, give me a give me a record. Next four games they go, uh, two and one. I think we win in Buffalo. We win versus the Lions, but we drop the Miami game. Drop the Miami. Obviously, beat Washington to go three and one in the last yeah. month. Okay, yeah. three and one. So what would that put us at? Twelve and uh, thirteen and four. I will put an asterisk after losing to Miami. If the division's over, I think there's a chance we don't play our starters against the Commanders, and apparently, Week Eighteen Commanders. Go crazy as we yeah. saw last year. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. So you think in thirteen four, if all things considered, twelve and five at the worst, something like that. Yeah, I feel like I'm there, right? And everything you said, I kind of want to echo it because you, you hit the nail on the head. The Buffalo Bills game 
is going to be fun because it's Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, a lot of narratives over the internet over the last couple of years between those two guys. I think that's fun as a fan to watch. But like you said, it's another testy, dangerous situation. I have a lot of respect for Bill's Mafia. I think they're really, really good fan base and they bring a really good home field advantage. It's going to be cold. It's the week before Christmas. Can the Cowboys travel? And that's something I want to see. You know, if they got to see Philadelphia in the playoffs and, and they're on the road, it's going to be cold in Philadelphia in January. So I think they can really learn something from this week because, like I said, elements will be in play. They'll have a good quarterback. It's It'll be a fun game to watch. I think they can win it. Um, but I think, you know, either way, it's, 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 if it's an iffy game, right. They got enough offensive firepower and enough internal motivation that the Cowboys could drop that game. Are you predicting a win? I am. I'm pretty, I'm predicting a win. I, and I, I actually have the exactly the same way you do. I think they, okay. I think they beat the bills. I think they lose the Miami. I've said it all season long. I think Miami's a, a matchup nightmare in the same way that the 49ers are. They have the horses in the barn to do it. That'd be a really impressive win if they were be able to pull it. But I do think Detroit, despite David Howman's um, biggest uh, (laughs) inspiration there, like I think the Lions are a little bit of a fraud. I mean, they showed it, didn't they? Just lose to the Chicago Bears today. So um, the Lions are frauds. And then I think they could sleepwalk through Washington and it doesn't really matter. So I, like I said, I see the floor being 12 and five. I see, you know, being, I think they could run the table, but I think I think it's comfortable to say they're thirteen and four. Is that good enough for the division? I don't think so, especially with the Eagles, you know, schedule. But can you imagine the Eagles would fi- need to lose two? <laughs> like thirteen and four Cowboys going to see the eight and nine Falcons for <laughs> you know for the first round of the playoffs. Like that's insane. Interesting question. Why while we're on this topic, out of the three teams who are currently tied for the NFC South at six and seven, which is a ridiculous statement to say. Mm. What team do you want to see the most? I think I want to see Atlanta personally. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I just about feel Tampa like, makes you not want to see them comparatively? I think the issue I have with the Saints and the Buccaneers is pretty similar. Like we've seen them put up pretty good performances at times. I, I just think they're more variable where like Saints could put up a good performance, especially if like Dak or uh, Jameis is playing instead of Derek Carr, who looks horrible right now. But like I've, I believe that the Buccaneers and the Saints are capable of big games. I don't think the Falcons are capable. I just think they're a very middle-of-the-road average team Mm. that they're not going to give you much variance. So just give me the known of, yeah, we'll probably see an average Falcons team come out and we'll whoop them. Yeah, I'd look at it and say, of the three, I think Desmond Ritter is the worst quarterback, and I think they have probably the worst coach of the three, too. So even though they got Bijan Robinson who can make plays, they just don't seem to use them correctly. I think Drake London's pretty good, but again, it's Riz- Ritter's throwing them the football. Um, so I'd rather see Atlanta. And I, I have a lot of respect for the Saints and, and their fan base and what how they can get that stadium rocking. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's different down there. So um, again, I'm not afraid of any of them. I would take any of them any single day. And I think a lot of people would be envious of our first round situation. If that's what it ends up being compared to pretty much anybody else. But if you had to pick one, I'd probably pick Atlanta. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, who knows? I, I don't know. I haven't looked ahead to any of those teams, Yeah, but that is a close division race heading into the end of the year. Yeah. They're all six and seven right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> all three of this, and then there's the the Panthers sitting there like one and twelve. So, um, it's gonna be fun, and we're probably more than likely gonna face a team with a losing record in the first round. And I'm I'm not gonna apologize for that. I do not care one bit. 
No, I mean, look at the Eagles. We talked about <laughs> yeah. it. Look at the Eagles playoff run last year. I'll yep. take that any day of the week. Absolutely. So that one last thing here real quick. We'll talk about it. Just give me your game ball. Maybe a cut like an initial thought or like a big moment, but give me who you think should be hoisting the game ball after tonight. I think that there's two answers here. I'm going to give it to Gilmore. Gilmore, I think, deserves the game ball. Good answer. And obviously, you had that uh, forced fumble on Gilmore's part. That was an amazing play. But what's not going to be talked about is the fact that he almost picked up, picked off a ball that was intended for A.J. Brown up the side. Like, it was overthrown A.J. Brown, and Gilmore almost got that toe drag swag going. But probably the most impressive part of Gilmore's performance tonight is A.J. Brown didn't have a yard after the catch. He wasn't he yeah. wasn't giving AJ Brown anything, which is how you beat this Eagles team. Like we've talked about, like Jalen hurts. Yeah. He likes to air it out occasionally, but he keeps things close to the line of scrimmage. He likes to let Devonte Smith and AJ Brown just do their thing, make plays. Gilmore was having none of that tonight. And it's a large reason the Cowboys won, especially after all the talk of Deron Bland. I feel like Gilmore deserves some love. Yeah. You know what? That's the right answer. Okay. So Stefan Gilmore is the pick. But I'm going to use this because you took your time to talk about Gilmore. I'm going to shine some light on QB1. Dak Prescott, right? This guy, you're a numbers guy. I'm a numbers guy. MVP conversation needs to crank up to 100. This starting on Monday. When this when this comes out at 9 a.m., I need to see all the aggregators. I need to see all of the, the football accounts talking about how Dak Prescott is the clear favorite. He's earned it. All he does right now in this West Coast offense with Mike McCarthy is the right thing. Okay, he knows when to be aggressive. He knows to keep the timing and the rhythm correctly. He's making plays and he's got the talent. When you have the talent mixed with the talent with you and you're in a system that fits you like a glove, you cannot be stopped. And we're seeing that right now. I mean, when's the last time he threw an interception? That's what I was thinking about. It was six weeks, seven. Like when was the last time? Right. I mean, did he throw one in the commander's game? Keep going. I'll, I'll look yeah, it up. No, I mean, I'm just thinking with you. I the point remains, though, right? My man doesn't turn the ball over. He had the fumble today, but, like, it was almost like, oh, my God, right? Like, every as soon as he fumbled the football, everybody was losing their mind. But this guy is doing – and I, I, I hate the conversation where people are like, he's in his eighth year. There is no more development. Like, he is who he is. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. You finally found an offense that fits him perfectly. It absolutely tailors him to a T. He's out there making play after play after play. And on top of that, he's making all the smart decisions. Dak Prescott deserves the game ball tonight. He deserves the game ball on the season. And my man is about to cash out like a casino, man, after this contract that he's about to get. Dude, we both talked about after last season, we said, Start the extension talks now. We know yep. he's the quarterback, and the <laughs> earlier you can get it done, the better. And he deserves it. He deserves the money. But this yeah. season's really going to cost the Cowboys when it comes yeah. to the checkbook. He's not tripping. You know, he's not going. Yeah. You know what? Let's go back to the table. It's like, no, I'll wait. I'll wait a day. I'll wait a two. You know, you know, wait a couple I'll, weeks. I'll wait until I get handed the MVP yeah. trophy, and then we can start talking. <laughs> Their prices I, are going up. Actually, he won't be there to accept the MVP trophy because he's going to be resting up for the game the next day. Boom. But, I did look it up. It's been four. It's now been four games since mm. Dak Prescott. Sorry, five games since Dak Prescott's last throw an interception. It was against the Giants. So as of crazy, once once Tuesday hits, it will officially been a full month since Dak Prescott's throw an interception. Insane, Take, man. Give the guy his flowers. Especially after last season. Dude, I, like he, he guaranteed. He said 
I'm not going to hit that number again. I don't want to hit that. And yeah. he said, yeah, I'll ball out and still not throw interceptions, yeah. which yeah, it's absurd. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. It's, it's been awesome. Right. So let's wrap it all up here. We're going to get out of here in a second, but Cowboys win in impressive fashion. 33 to 13. The Cowboys are now 10 and 3. Your first place NFC East Dallas Cowboys dismantle the hated Philadelphia Eagles. All three phases, man. Brandon Aubrey, this defense, the Cowboys offense, Dak Prescott. If you're a Cowboys fan, enjoy this moment, right? Take this all in. People tell you, don't, you know, worry about this, don't worry about that. Enjoy this, right? Wear your Victory Monday polos, listen to all the podcasts, watch all the shows, consume it, take it all in. This is the fun stuff, right? This is why we fight through the Chad Hutchinson, the Quincy Carter, you know, the Brandon Whedon days. This is it right here, man. I'm not guaranteeing a Super Bowl, but I'm telling you right now, enjoy every single week because this is fun. <laughs> no, well, I, I left you speechless. I, you no, I left I, you speechless. I, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know if that was that was gonna be a perfect I way to close. Right I was, there, I was gonna right? let yeah. you close, but real quick. <laughs> Because you said that, my favorite thing to do after a Cowboys win is to look at the power rankings. Yeah. The boys does a great job of that summarizing, summarizing where the Cowboys are in the power ranking as well as doing our own. Where Tony's list, Tony's power ranking, where are the Cowboys? Two, only behind the 49ers. Amen. Exactly my answer as well. And we'll get out of there with that. First and 10 podcast brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation, Tony Catalina, and Ada Davis. We'll catch you guys next week after the Buffalo Bills game. Have a good week and enjoy it. Peace. 